0: When you lose something or you move away from something, there is a grief process that you go through. There is a process of mourning of what you had that isn't the same anymore.
1: Hello, you are listening to The Late Bloomer Living Podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. I talk a lot about getting outside your comfort zone in order to have a breakthrough. I mean, think about it. If you look back on your life, at the times when you know it was a growth period, it was most likely also a time of discomfort, maybe even extreme discomfort. (laughs) We like to look at success stories, and we might even tell our own success stories without acknowledging the pain that led us to that growth. But if you really look at it, Your biggest growth periods probably went hand-in-hand with discomfort and pain of some sort. Today, I'm talking to Amy Fuhrman, who was 38 when she realized she wasn't happy anymore in her very successful business as an Amazon seller and coach. Prior to that, she had loved her business, but it was starting to feel more like a J-O-B job than the entrepreneurial endeavor that she had started out with. Um, You know, she was excited when she started and now it was all feeling like drudgery, all the tasks that needed to get done. She realized she needed a change and it was going to require her to get out of her comfort zone to explore her next move. And then, you know how when you know that you need to walk away from something, and ah, there's that feeling of having failed. Well, she had to do some particular thought judo in order to feel better about walking away from the move, which she very successfully did and has now found a new endeavor that is a real match for her genius. I can't wait for you to meet her. So without further ado, here's Amy Fearman. Let's go.
0: Amy, thank you so much for being with me today. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to share my story. Me too.
1: Me too, man. So, man, we've uh, we've known each other for a while, um, but I feel like in the past, what, four months, we've gotten to know each other a lot better, it's been cool. True. Yes, it's been cool. Um, so I always like to say where I met people, as you know, and I got to go back to the good old What Works Network and Tara McMullen and um, give them the shout out for the Monday huddle. And um, which has, um, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but we, it's like this little 30 minute check-in with other business owners where you, you, you kind of can, it's a safe space. It's a safe space to talk to other business owners and exchange ideas and all that. And that has been a really great touchstone for me, especially during COVID. Um, In fact, it came out, it came about during COVID, didn't it?
0: Yeah, it started because of COVID. And that's, I think where we, because it was so small in the beginning, we all got to know each other. And that has just built on itself, which is one of the benefits of being in a community like that.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, and then gosh, we've worked together as a photographer and client and and then you've started your podcast since, And I was on your podcast, although that hasn't come out yet, but it's like, it's just been like this nice little, um, blossoming of a relationship. And I'm just excited to have you here to talk about your journey. And, um, and I, I'm like, man, Amy is, is more than 10 years younger than me and has, has it together. I want to be you when I grow up, Amy. Um,
0: <laughs> I appreciate when people say I have it together. Cause I don't always feel like I have it together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just always so impressed with, uh, with your knowledge and your know-how and, um, and your, your, Your grit. I mean, you've, you've got, you're somebody who really digs into things and makes things happen. And I, and I totally admire that about you. So I'm going to, I'm going to back off and let you take over the reins for a little bit and talk about the journey that's brought you to where you are right now. I know you had a pivot that was, um, you know, it's uh, before I pass the reins to you, I'm just going to say that, you know, I, I was, clarifying the age at which your pivot started to happen. And like you said, it was around 38, right? Mid thirties for me, it's f- so funny, like midlife, my my definition of midlife, the more I do this and dig into this whole thing, it's, it's just this big swath. I didn't realize that my midlife journey started in my mid thirties until looking back on it in my fifties, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, it was all starting way back
0: then, you know. It's always been interesting to me about what midlife is, is I remember looking at my parents' friends when they turned 40 and thinking they were ancient. Right. <laughs> and now I'm in my forties going, life is great right now. I'm not old. This is amazing. Like I can do so much more now. And it's so funny to listen to my kids. They're like, I don't want to be an adult when I grow up. I don't want to have to do all the things that you have to do. And I'm like, oh, you have no idea <laughs> how amazing it is to have the freedom that we have. Especially as a business owner, to have the freedom and flexibility. Um, my story started when I was thirty. When I got, well, I was twenty-nine. I got laid off when I was six months pregnant with my now twelve-year-old, and that was the kick in the pants. To okay, no one is allowed to have this kind of control over my life. I want to be able to say what I get to do when. And so I went on a journey to figure out what the heck that was going to be, because I grew up with entrepreneurs as parents. My parents are both artists. My dad is a kinetic sculptor. My mom is a paper artist. So growing up in that space, it was the farthest thing from my mind as something I wanted to do. I'm like, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I just want to be an artist. Like I don't want to do that because I'm going to be, you know, stereotypical. I don't want to do what my parents do. Mm-hmm. And in that, in that journey, and being thrown into entrepreneurship like I was, it allowed me to spend some time trying to figure out what that became. And I did wedding invitation design. I did extreme couponing. I did blogging. I tried all the things. And I landed on selling on eBay. Kind of out of randomness. When I was blogging, I met a blogger um, called Yard Sale Mommy, who was buying things at Yard Sales and flipping them on eBay. Um, I built a business around eBay, grew that for four years and loved every minute of it. Except when my kids got old enough to realize that I sold toys on eBay. And I remember my four-year-old son going, mommy, can I rent your toys? And we were in a small house. So my inventory was living in bins in our space. And so it kind of had taken over. And so I was like, well, this was... Early on in the Amazon world of being a third-party merchant on Amazon and being able to send stuff into Amazon's warehouses that they would then take over all of the parts and pieces of managing the sale for you mm-hmm. and the warehousing. And so I was like, well, I can try this and see what it looks like. I'm not selling used toys, but if I can find a way to make this happen, I made the pivot into selling on Amazon. And as an entrepreneur, I think we pivot constantly. We make adjustments. We adjust this way and that way. know you've done it in your business, and I've made done it many times in mine. I went from eBay to Amazon, retail arbitrage, initially buying stuff off of store shelves and reselling it for hire on Amazon, and then going into wholesale. And then wholesaling, going into creating bundles. So building a business, building all of the levels that it took for me to get to a six-figure business and also in the process of building this business, starting another business to teach people how to sell on Amazon. I had all of my eggs in one basket, Wow! all in the Amazon basket, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) which going back on, I'm like, maybe that wasn't the best choice, but for at that moment in my life, it was everything built off of everything else and it felt right. Um, And as I, as I worked through that, I got to a point we were teaching in-person workshops, teaching other people how to create bundles of products to sell online. And I started feeling like I was no longer enjoying what I was doing. I was going through the motions. I was doing what I preached. I was creating bundles and selling them online and finding new vendors and going to trade shows and all of the parts and pieces that it takes to run the business.
2: It's
0: mm-hmm. if I wasn't enjoying it. And early on, I was like, okay, I'm a solopreneur. This is a lot to run. It's a six-figure business. Okay, we're doing a lot. Maybe I need to bring in some help. What I realized was that I needed to outsource some things. As a solopreneur, I <laughs> had prided myself on doing it all myself And I got to a point realizing, well, your business is bigger than just you now, and you need to figure out what that looks like. The first thing I did was outsource my prep, which is the processing of everything to send it into Amazon's warehouses to a fulfillment center that could do it for me. So all of my vendors now shipped there. I wasn't getting pallets delivered to my house. I wasn't dealing with the logistics of freight companies.
1: Yeah, man, that that would be a lot to dealing with all that stuff coming to your house. Oh, my gosh.
0: It it was a lot. My neighbors always were entertained when 18 wheelers came and parked in front of my house. It was always it was always a story conversation with them when that would happen. And I realized, well, that's off my plate. And yet I still felt. I won't call it lost looking back on it, I see that I was kind of floating and lost. But even in that moment, I just felt overwhelmed and Mm overwhelmed. Let's outsource some more. And so my best friend said, okay, write down a list of all the things that you don't like to do and we'll work together to outsource it. She's also an Amazon seller, so she understands the space. So I wrote Mm -hmm. down a list of all of the things and she looked back at me and she's like, Amy, do you realize that you wrote everything in your business you don't want to do? There's not one thing in your business that you're enjoying right now. And it's like having somebody hold up a mirror in front of you and be like, do you see this? Do you understand what this means? And I was like, oh, okay, maybe I went a little overboard. Maybe that's not exactly how I feel. And so I spent a year trying to outsource, trying to get other people to do the things I didn't want to do. And it felt like pulling teeth. And I realized that instead of building a business, I had worked myself back into a job, And that's not where I wanted to be. And I knew it's not where I wanted to be. And that light bulb moment of, okay, I don't want to do all these things. And this really isn't working. Fed into a feeling of, but I'm a failure if I don't keep doing it. Mm. I am quitting. I am giving up on something I've spent 10 years building. And that didn't feel good. And not only that, on top of that, my Amazon education business, where we were teaching other people how to sell, my partner and I had always agreed that we were in the trenches. We were doing the work. So Mm -hmm. if I was no longer an Amazon seller, not only was I walking away from my Amazon business, I'd be walking away from the education business too. Wow. And so that, those, that that whole piece, I was like, I'm walking away from everything, which makes sense. It's all Amazon based and I didn't want to do the Amazon thing anymore, but that was a lot of, oh. And it took a conversation at a flash mastermind at a conference in Southern California at the end of 2019, I told them how I was feeling and and what was going on. And the woman next to me looks at me and she goes, you need to set a retirement date. Mm. And it was the change of language for me to switch from I'm giving up to I'm retiring. Retiring Mm. is moving on to a different phase. It's not, it's allowing me to let go of Without feeling like I hadn't accomplished something over 10 years, I just
1: want to call something out. Isn't that amazing how important language is? Yeah. How important is it how we frame things, how we talk to ourselves? I mean, it went from, you know, I'm, this means I've failed to, Oh, I'm I'm phasing out of that because I've accomplished what I want to accomplish and now I'm retiring. Right.
0: It was I, it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders with just the pivot in the use of the language. And it is so true that the way we internally speak to ourselves impacts what we're able to accomplish. And that that was just the first step. Make sure the mental switch was the first step. The next piece of it was now what? Mm -hmm. I've never (laughs) retired from let go of moved on from a business before. Like, what does that even look like? And developing my exit strategy and trying to figure out what that looks like. I sat down with a coach and he helped me work through what an exit strategy looked like, what I needed to do with my vendors and all of that stuff, how I needed to get rid of my inventory. And in November of 2019, I set a retirement date for my business of when all of the parts and pieces, all the inventory would be gone, all of that. I'd be ready to like move on to the next thing. I set that date for March 31st, 2020. (laughs) Two weeks after COVID taking, like taking my kids out of school and whatnot. So it was this, It almost feels like it was set up that way so that I'd be ready to be able to take on my kids at home and virtual learning and all of that stuff, because I can't imagine trying to run two businesses and manage the education for my two kids at the same time. (laughs) My brain like exploded thinking about it. Right. So I was already phasing out when March came, the end of March came, I had almost no inventory left. I felt a release from this thing. Now I had to go through the entire process of closing out my business from a legal perspective, from the government perspective, which let's just say didn't happen in 2020 because um, nobody Mm. was in their office and it wasn't a possibility. So that piece got slowed down more than I would have wanted to. This part of the process Happened. This is what this is what happened for me. I will also say the hardest part for all of this for me. I'm a planner by nature. I want to know what comes next in my business and in my life. And in this, I took a jump into nothingness because I didn't know. Another reason I, I think I was trying to hold on was as I was holding on, I was trying to figure out what I would do next. And the challenge with that is I couldn't give enough mental space to either side of them. The business I already had was a business I didn't know what it was going to be yet. And by letting go of one, I could step in and I spent six months trying to figure out what came next. But that, that step, that leap of faith into the unknown, I didn't have a clue. And I knew financially, I was in a good place. I had been stockpiling to make changes and moves in my business, and so I had stuff I could I could make move forward in this new way. But I was like, I don't know what this looks like, and I'm terrified. I it bet. really was. I bet oh really scared because I like to be productive. I like to do things. I like to be in the world talking to people. That in of itself was a change in 2020 that was really hard for me. But this whole process, I went from being in a community of people, all Amazon focused, where having conversations about what we did was the norm, which was what we always did. And so I had a community to go to when things weren't working in my business, whether it was my own Facebook community for my education business or the greater Amazon community. I had people to talk to about what I did. And when I left the Amazon community, the bulk of that disappeared. So this whole move in my midlife at 40, I was like, well, I might as well just change everything because that's what it felt like. I was dropping all the Amazon mm-hmm. and doing a complete pivot into something that I had no clue what it was going to be. And I had to embrace the unknown. And I don't do that well. <laughs> I had to, I didn't have a choice at that point. Yeah. The I don't Amazon think anybody business. does
1: that well, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, yeah, man, oh man, it, 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 it's a big step. It's a big step. I've, I've done the embracing the unknown a few times and it is, it is uncomfortable.
0: It does not feel good. <laughs> no, it doesn't feel good. And the, uh, I mean, the funny, I look back on it now and I mean, hindsight is always 2020. And let's think of what 2020 the year was. Mm. And it was a year of people not being able to be together and all of the parts and pieces. And I sold party supplies on Amazon. Mm. Uh, So let's think of like how, even if I had still had my business, it would have crashed and burned anyway how fortunate i mean
1: just just wow just incredible that that you made the decision beforehand and i mean you must feel like
0: whoo i do i actually what's interesting about that is i was the one who got to make the decision the universe didn't make the decision for me mhm and because of that i could retire from and move on to something else feeling good about it mhm I think if it, my business after 10 years had crashed and burned like that, I would have really struggled with dealing with that piece and trusting myself to move on to something else. Well, if right. I did this and it crashed after 10 years, how can I do something new? And There's I think an that empowerment
1: because- that comes from from making a choice as opposed to having a choice thrust upon you. Um, as you know, you, you've been laid off. I have too. Um, there, there is something that is very empowering in, in making your own choice to leap into the unknown, um, or anything, anything where you've got, you've made the choice. There's just, there's power in that. Right. Um, absolutely. And I mean, you can find your power in the other situation. I think it just takes a, a, a while to, to land on your feet after, you know, feeling like sucker punched. Um, so wow. Amazing timing. So then here you are, it's 2020. You've made this decision. And then the world has, the universe has, has, has said, yep. <laughs> what did you do? I mean, you're an extrovert, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm an introvert. The, the, the shutdown for me was I'm, I'm built for it. I'm good.
0: I'm good. Um, you and my husband both thought it was amazing I'm like this is miserable I feel stifled I need to talk to humans but you know what's funny I mean on on my end is that
1: I've never met so many new people as I did during the year 2020 virtually it's just incredibly bizarre and Um, as, as made as I am for, for, you know, for being on my own and and having that time to recover. I'm an ambivert really. Um, Somebody finally gave me the word for that in that I, I like both. I like both ends of that spectrum, but I know for extroverts, 2020 was tough. And, and here you are not only not surrounded by that community, but also doing all the questioning of who am I and where am I headed, how did you navigate that last year?
0: Well, not uh, easily. It was, it was a hard year. Um, It was a hard year for a, a lot of reasons, but going into it 2020, not knowing what to expect. I mean, we all got thrown into that. And as an extrovert, as a parent of a special needs kid who all of a sudden got ripped out of his routine. I had to put, when you lose something or you move away from something, there is a grief process that you go through.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: There's a process of mourning of what you had that isn't the same anymore. And not only was I mourning walking away from two businesses or retiring from them, you know, retiring from two businesses and then taking on something that nobody has ever had to do as far as, as a collective, mm-hmm. um, it was just an intense situation. I didn't get to fully process all of the things. I actually did a great job of holding on to those and dealing with them later because um, I didn't have a choice. And mm-hmm. as I went through this, what I finally realized I think three months in is I need support in figuring this out. I need to have a dedicated time, space, whatever, so that I can go what's next for me and who do I want to be? And I hired a coach and that really helped give me the clarity that I needed. It was a long process because there were a lot of moving parts and pieces. Like what did I have? And I kept, and I think this is natural. I kept trying to fit what I was going to do next into what I'd already done. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I did courses. I had a podcast. We did a YouTube channel. It was all comfortable. I'd done it before. So I knew how to do it again. And I felt stepping into a service-based business, which is where I was heading from the very beginning felt very daunting because it wasn't something I'd done before. I had, had a membership site. I had courses. I've dealt with customer service. I've dealt with what it is to be in that space, but not in a very different role. And so I was like, well, how do I navigate that? And bringing in a coach and walking bit by bit, it felt like it took forever to find, it took six months of going through and trying. I had clients in 2020 trying to figure out what I wanted this to be. And I'd say one of the biggest parts of what stopped me going in a lot of the directions was I didn't want to have all my eggs in one basket again. Mm -hmm. Meaning I didn't want the business that I built based around a particular platform. Mm -hmm. You know, selling on Amazon, teaching about selling on Amazon was all about Amazon. And in my education business, I had learned to use a lot of tools and become very adept at them. I was like, well, I could just build Kajabi websites for people, or I could build things on this platform or this platform. And I was like, but I don't want to have my entire business based around a platform that can at any moment morph and change into something that doesn't fit the mold of what I wanted to anymore. Right, right. And it goes so- back to
1: that whole idea of you know this 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 was a, a revelation to me in the last. In the last few years, as I as I started looking at um, as I pivoted my business from from primarily like family photography and headshots to, to doing the personal branding, I really started looking at well, what is entrepreneurship? Because those were going to be my new clients. And I and I started, I came across that idea of like you running your business through Facebook or social media primary you know as your as your if that's where your audience is that you're you're living on borrowed time you're on somebody else's platform it's that whole idea of having your own email list and having your own and, and ownership of it and and then when i decided to do the podcast i was like well um where am I going to host the website? And there's all these turnkey solutions. And I was like, nope, I'm going to have to do this the hard way. I need to do it in WordPress. And that means I need to figure it out on my own because I didn't have the money to, to have somebody else design for me. So that was, that was part of my process, but it was part of that whole idea of, of ownership, of, of, of having your space, right? Is, is that where you're going?
0: Yeah, it's absolutely wanting to be able to own my own piece of the internet.
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: it's not, I wanted it to be on, it's hard for me to look back on because I built what we built in my uh, education business on social with a Facebook community. And all of that felt so comfortable, but I also understood the, this is not the place that it makes sense to build an audience. And if you go back to what Tara from the What Works Network talks about, do you even need to build an audience? And that has been Mm. a mental shift that I've been working on making because I spent five years building an audience.
2: Mm. But does
0: it make sense for where I'm going now? And I think that making the shifts and the pivots that I've made, there's a lot of mental shifts I need to make and a lot of adjustments to how I think things "Quote unquote," should be done. I don't like. Yeah, what story. worked?
1: Yeah. What worked for that business is not necessarily going to work for what you're doing now, exactly. right? And that's, exactly. And that's so true. Like that's true at any. I mean, that just applies across so many things. We're not the same person. Like if we if we take that to the personal development level, we're not the same person we were last week. Five certainly five years ago, ten years ago, right? But we right. carry around those habits with us that may have served us at some point. And now we it's like having to constantly stay curious to figure out if if what we are doing is is still moving us in the direction we want to go. Like
0: is it is it still helpful? Right. Yes. And I think that our We like to stay in the comfort zone. We like to stay where it's comfortable and it's because comfortable equals easy. Mm -hmm. And when you take that step outside of that, it's easy to, there's this gravitational force to your comfort zone that you can take that step out, but it's gonna keep pulling on you to say, no, you you wanna come back here because it's easy over here. And I'm constantly fighting to stay outside of what was comfortable and easy to find what comes next. Right. figure out exactly what this new evolution of me is.
1: Yeah. and you know now I'm thinking about it, Amy. I mean I, that's I met you when you were on the beginning of this of this, uh, you know the path that you're on. Um, yep. Yeah, by the time this this episode comes out, there will be another episode that will have come out with Jessica Abel and it's um, we talked about the dark forest. Which is the messy middle of the creative process, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and uh, it just—it just just is what it's exactly where you've been all this year, right? And maybe Uh, for uh, longer, for three years,
0: really. I think it's probably a longer period of time than I wanted to acknowledge. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And it's this messy middle, trying to figure things out, and. I wish one of the things that I wish I had done earlier was bring somebody in to talk through it with me. Right. I felt the need to figure this out on my own because mm. that's the way my brain goes.
1: So interesting that you're saying that, Amy, because as we were talking about, you know, your your process and what you what you went through and you talked about working with a coach and and prior mm. to that you had talked about talking to your you know, your, um, your best friend about the business and going through that with her. I was, I was sending you mental kudos for your, your ability and willingness to open up to other people for help, um, to, to find, to get the coaches you need at the right time. And, but that, so that wasn't natural that you actually had to make yourself do that.
0: I had to make myself do that. Uh. Um it, it is it is hard for me to ask for help because oftentimes my brain goes, no, you should be able to do this on your own. You should be able to right. figure it out. Oh, and I too. think that that's <laughs> I think a lot of us fall into that natural pattern of I should be able to figure it out myself. Um and what I've learned in that is other people can take the same thing and look at it from a different angle and give you really good insight from that different angle. And because of that, I mean, Kristen held up the mirror and for my face said, you don't want to do this business anymore. Why are you still doing it? And I hadn't allowed myself to go there, but she made it easy for me to look at and say, yeah, I get it. Okay. That's what is next. Mm. It still took me a year to get to what is next, but it's being able to have somebody else because we tend to want to stay in the comfort zone. We tend to want to make it easier on ourselves. We don't want to have to reach outside of that comfort zone and having somebody else either call you out on something or say, Hey, I see this differently. Have you thought of it this way has really helped me to see there is more beyond what I'm comfortable with. There is more beyond where I am right now. We're building a business for 10 years. I'm like, well, why can't it last for ten more? It doesn't have to, <laughs> and I think part of me felt that because my parents, my dad has had a business since 1974. Yeah, 74, and it's been the same business. I mean, he makes kinetic sculptures. The sculptures. Oh themselves I'm just going to the- say
1: I'm going to interrupt for a second because uh, I, I had the opportunity to go to Amy's home in the spring and do a photo session for her and i got to see her father's kinetic sculptures and oh my gosh we if he has he has a website because he does we, i want to put that a link to it in the show notes because they are amazing amazing so anyway, anyway
0: go ahead it's my my dad has had a business for 45 ish years right and so I always felt that I should be able to do what he did and have the same business Mm, for that long, that longevity. Yeah. That longevity in it. And I've, I've realized on this side of that, that that's not realistic a in what I do and B in what he does. I mean, let's be honest. Most artists may not last for 45 years doing what they do. He has been able to, fully support his family on his art, which is amazing in and of itself. And so I have to look at it differently and know that he is a different human than I am. And what he did is different than what I will do.
2: Right. And so I had
0: to
1: This is interesting, Amy. He wasn't doing something built on somebody else's platform either. Exactly. He was doing his art. And 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 so that come that is generated from what is core to him, right? Right. And within him and that in and of itself, and besides his, his clear talent, um, and and craftsmanship, I mean, there's a reason he has been able to, to, to be around for as long as he has doing what he has, I think, because it it comes from within him. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and there's that when you had your Amazon business, that's based on a moment in time. Right. Mm-hmm. The availability of the platform that, that all that time. I'm reading Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers right now,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and have you read it? I have. Oh my gosh! And the the whole idea of how timing, how important timing is. Mm-hmm. So you you got into doing what you did at a certain time. You saw an opportunity. You had a drive to never have a job again. Right. Right. And you looked around and you tried all the things and you found this thing in eBay first that clicked and then that translated into Amazon and you saw the opportunities and you dipped into those and you went down that path and explored it. And there it was, but it was built on somebody else's platform.
0: And so, yeah, it it was of a time. It was of a time. And now, and this is the part of Realizing at this stage of my life where there is a lot more time to still come, or willing that that is the case, like that I can do other things, and mm-hmm. I'm excited to, to do new things. And I've, and I look back on the past ten years and realize that I've realized what I'm good at, and I think that that opens up a lot for me. Um, I am a systems person. I love setting up new tools and creating systems around them, and. I did that in both of my last businesses, and that is what I'm working to help other people do now in their businesses. And I go, well, could I have taken the step from my job as a project manager for a design firm and moved into that? Possibly, but I don't think I would have fully realized what that could have been. But now over 10 years, I've built and implemented systems in my own businesses and realized that This is how my brain works. And I want to help other people be able to do that. I look back at those 10 years now and go, these were good 10 years to have. I needed those because they're allowing me to set up for the next 10. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. That's from, oh, go ahead. Go go ahead. I want to share this because this was an eye opener for me at the conference where I decided to retire from my Amazon business. We did a, I don't know what you call it. We did an exercise where she had to say, I want you to look back 10 years and I want you to write down from like around this time period, what was happening in your life? Like what was going on and where was your business and all that stuff? And I realized 10 years from that point, I didn't have a business. I had a little kid, a toddler. I, all these things, massive things have changed from 10 years ago to today. And it makes me realize that a lot can happen in 10 years and, Mm. okay, I'm here now and I feel really stuck, but where will I be in 10 years? Mm. And I don't have to take giant steps today to get to there. I'm going to take a lot of small steps to get to the next 10 years. Right. Right. Yeah. We
1: totally, it's that whole idea of we underestimate what we, we overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in 10. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah how, what that boy, that whole, that whole idea is, is something that I had tapped into some time back. And I think I lost the thread on that. And I'm going to, I'm going to put that back into the forefront of, you know, the forefront of my mind, Amy, I love it. I love it. That's just so, it's so powerful to remind yourself every day that your little steps are going to add up to your bigger achievements and your bigger progress.
0: Especially when you're feeling stuck and, don't feel like you have a direction. It's. I always want to be at the top of Mount Everest yesterday. And I have to remind <laughs> myself that this is not a quick process. If you compare building a business to climbing Mount Everest, there's a lot of prep even before you get to base camp at the bottom of the mountain. And so I look at it from, okay, each one of these steps, what is moving me in that direction? What can help me take the next step? Step. And not only that, what's preventing me from taking the next step? What's keeping me stuck, whether it be a um, mindset or is it a physical thing or situation or person that I need to work around or work through or whatever to help mm-hmm. me take the next step? Being able to have a coach talk me through that has really helped because I would get stuck in my head I like to talk out loud. My husband makes fun of me for this. I'll stand on my whiteboard and I'll talk out loud. And yet there was still a missing piece because my whiteboard doesn't talk back and doesn't give me feedback. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need feedback in order to pivot and move. I, you need- I tell you, the
1: longer I do this, this podcast, the more I realize how important coaching is, how, mm-hmm. how important it is to have Somebody that you can go to for that kind of feedback it, it It comes up over and over and over again in my in my talks with people that that has been something that they've tapped into and used
0: in order to progress. I felt for the longest time that if I had a coach that I was somehow less than and I've come mm-hmm. to realize how wrong I was in that thinking. you can. You can still be your own person and still have your own path and still ask for help and still ask for clarity and have somebody hold up their mirror for you and help you see what you can't yourself see, because that helps you take steps that without would be either take longer or not even be possible without the information you get from somebody else's feedback. Mm Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know
1: what I'm realizing is we've been talking and talking uh, and I don't know that we've, that, that it's crystal clear what you've pivoted to now. What, what are you doing in your new business? Like, how would you define
0: that? I, help solopreneurs develop simple systems to help them maintain clients. One of the things that can happen in service industries is you have a client for a period of time, a project or a season, and then they're gone. And creating systems to build a client experience that makes people feel cared for. When a client feels cared for, they wanna come back and work with you again. They're not gonna go, oh, who do I need to hire next time I have a copywriting project to do? They're gonna know because they're gonna say, I love this copyright, they're amazing, I have a project, that's called them up. And it's how they felt while working with you, the process of working with you. And so many people I think get stuck in the, I don't wanna automate, I don't wanna put systems in place because then it doesn't feel personal. And in reality, what you want to do is be able to show up for your client in your zone of genius. They don't, they, they want your zone of genius. They don't want to do all, they don't want all the admin backends to take away from your zone of genius to work on what they need you to work on. And so I help build those systems or, or create the ideas around those systems so that my client can implement them in their business and really show up and care for their clients. From every stage, from when they onboard all the way to when they follow up after they've been out in the world for a while.
1: Yeah, man, it really does pull together all of your, I mean, your particular zone of genius, which is systems, right?
0: I love systems. My brain thinks in systems. My husband laughs at me because I'll be, for example, at the parking lot at my kid's school in the bus line. And I'll look at my husband I'll be like, you know, if they put another entrance here and adjusted this, this whole flow would work a lot. (laughs) And so I do it in all aspects of my life. And I love getting to look inside other people's businesses. And I think that what I know I'm guilty of it. And it's that holding up a mirror is we think that what we're doing is the best that it can be, but we have blind spots in our businesses, we have blind spots that we can't see because we're looking at what we're looking at. It's not that they're not there. You can pivot and adjust, but we don't. We keep our head down and we keep focused on moving forward. And if we can have somebody else that can say, hey, how about this? How about this? To make not even giant adjustments, pivots, there are enough. Think of when you fly a plane, when a pilot flies a plane and they're off by one degree over the course of a hundred miles, that one degree is pretty darn big.
2: Mm-hmm. Same
0: thing in your business. If you are doing something that is taking up five, 10 minutes of your time over the course of a year, that's a lot of time. If you can put something into place, that takes that off your plate. You could save yourself hours or weeks every year with a little bit of automation, but keeping the personalization for your client. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's been something that I have, uh, have had to learn over time and yeah, it was exactly, you know, the whole idea of automating things. I, I still struggle with it. I mean, it's, it's, I know I could automate more. I have a, I have a, a great studio management software system. Um, for photographers, uh, de- designed by a photographer, I know it has all these options that I could take advantage of, and I've come to a point where I've like instituted a few things, and then I then d- then life gets busy, and I'm in the weeds, and uh, you know I think that's what I call it that that whole process that you just said of like okay, you know you're just doing the date, you're doing you're working in the business, right? You you're doing the day to day instead of looking at the systems that could support and help change
0: um, and free me in the end. And that's the catch 22, right? It's I'm in the weeds, so I don't have time to put in the systems that will help me get out of the weeds. Right. (laughs) And it's that catch 22, that chicken, the chicken before the egg, the cart before the horse, how do I make the time to do that to be able to get myself out of the situation I find myself in. And that's what, I spend time working with my clients and I I built my business so that there are no more Zoom meetings on people's calendars because I don't have time for more Zoom meetings. I built everything so that we are going back and forth via video or audio chat because it's it can be done at five o'clock in the morning if that's your time. Or if you're in the UK, you can do it at time that works for you. And then I listen to it when it works for me. So it's not having to add more things to your already, I'm overwhelmed, busy schedule. Mm, One of the the things that I see solopreneurs, one of the missteps is hiring because they think it's going to take stuff off their plate. The challenge with hiring to take stuff off your plate is then you need to put in a system to make sure that the things they know, the things that need to do. And so you're Coaching and mentoring somebody on top of all the other things you're trying to do, right? Yep. There's the whole
1: onboarding process of a new person, right? Right. Wow. wow, wow. Right. Yeah. And it's it's and if we take this all back to the idea of of, of reinventing ourselves, and instead of like so let's say our business, it's like finding the time to to think about your systems, which are your habits, right? Yeah. Um, so, so interesting. And maybe getting somebody to bounce those ideas off of and and getting the coach that you might need for that.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that I instituted in my business a long time ago, and I found it helpful, and I think that we forget how important our business is. <laughs> We're not just doing things for our clients, but our own business in order to keep serving our clients needs to be taken care of is I have a day, at least every quarter, I try to do it every month is to spend time. And I don't do any client work on that day. All I do is focus on what are the things I need to do for my business so that I can do those. And keep my business moving forward so I can show up the best way I can for my clients. Oh, such a good idea. Oh my gosh.
1: Once a month is a great idea. That's just that, you know, that's just enough because I've tried to set aside those days like once a week. Um, and once every quarter doesn't maybe seem like enough, but right. wow. Once a month, like just getting out of the weeds and and looking at it from let's say a drone's eye view instead of a bird's eye view. (laughs) Um, Wow. Yeah. Interesting. That's, that's such a great idea. And you could do that personally too. That's such a, you know, that's something that we could do like just a little monthly. How am I doing
0: right. you can do both ways. Oh my gosh. So cool. And the the other piece when it comes to systems and the overwhelm is being able to, well, I don't have time to sit down and write out this entire process. I don't have time to create new systems is next time you do something, the next time you onboard a new client, as you're doing it, write every step that you do. Mm -hmm. Because that one little piece all of a sudden comes and you have all your systems written out. Once you have your systems written out, you can start to potentially see where the gaps are. And if you can't see the gaps, then you can start to figure out, well, what could work better? How can I add automation? Are you still automatically sending out invoices or is there a way to automate that process once they sign up? Like Little things like that that feel overwhelming when you're trying to think of it and sitting down and going, okay, let me write down every step I do to do this. You can't remember it from memory because there are so many steps that you take. You don't even realize that you do mm-hmm. when you're going through the process is the absolute best time to track that because you're going to mem- you're going to remember, oh, I do this and then I do this. And some of the processing is in your brain. When I first outsourced to a virtual assistant for my last business, I wrote up my, what I thought I did, and then I handed it to my best friend's mom. Because I wanted somebody who was completely removed to go through the process of it. And she was able to pull out, she goes, well, I don't know how you got from here to here because I'd made the jump in my head and hadn't realized I'd made the jump in my head. And that Mm -hmm. wasn't something that they knew to do without me writing it out. And so part of it's being able to write out all the steps, including the ones that you just do in your brain. Oh, yeah. Wow yeah,
1: that could be, I'm just thinking of all the applications of what you're doing to like, just being the idea of being human. And if if you want to get yourself out of being out of being stuck, right. Like Mm -hmm. you could take that whole idea and apply it to like, there's things that you do that we all do as, as humans where we have, I, I love, you know, I like the term it's a little overused these days, but superpowers. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that we don't even think about. And y- you could be overlooking your, your superpower because it comes so easily to you thinking it, it doesn't, you know, but it's something that's not going to come easy to somebody else. And if you break down your process of how you do that, that's something that you could take and, 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 you know, offer to other people.
0: It's interesting that you say it that way, because it was one of the things that took me a while to realize that the way my brain works and my superpower with understanding and easily working in systems is not the way everybody's brain works, right? And absolutely not (laughs) because it comes so easily and naturally to me. And I think that's for anybody, right? With our own superpowers. Well, it comes easy to me. It must come easy to everybody. And that's not the case. And being able to make that mental shift to say, I'm good at it. There are people who aren't good at it so they can utilize my services. That is a mental shift to make, especially as a service provider. It's a mental shift that I have had to make to realize that, oh, okay. I guess that not everybody's brain works the way mine does.
1: Yeah. Oh, I want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier, which is during this, during the, the shutdown and you realized that you needed to take some time for yourself on a regular basis to figure this stuff out, what did you do? What was the system you put in place for that?
0: <laughs> to making sure that I had time for myself? Yeah. I had to make adjustments. One of the things that we adjusted, I was parent duty five days a week. And one of the things that I, I got to a point, I don't know, two or three months in where I looked at my husband, like, I need space. I need to be able to process all the things. And what we determined was he took the kids all day Saturday. And so I got Saturdays to be my day, whether it was working trying to figure out what working was going to be and processing through a lot of that and learning new tools and figuring out the next steps. But I learned relatively early on that trying to do that and manage my kids at the same time, you can do 15 minutes here and there, but I couldn't get a full wrap on everything. And so being able to give myself that day once a week um, was amazing And that went all the way through virtual learning, which went all the way until what April of this year. So I was able to get more space for me. Um, And even into 2021, I've continued to push that even more. Now my kids are in camp, which gives me a lot more freedom and flexibility to work on doing things like recording podcasts. You know, I, I love the people who took the initiative and launched a podcast in 2020. And I was like, I would love to do that. Except you'd hear yelling and screaming children in the background of it. There's no more than that's going to work. And so I had to adjust and know what my limits were in the space of 2020. But being able to give myself a space to not only have a conversation with my coach, but also process what I'd gone through with my coach. Because I think that that has been one of the challenges for me mm-hmm. was get off the call with the coach and go right back into life with not processing it. Mm -hmm. And that gave me the ability to have the conversation and process it too. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Amazing.
1: And it's funny, like, you you know, the the challenges are going to be different for everybody on, on what their, what their time challenges are, what their, what their obstacles are. You know, you've got the young kids. I was there. I remember that. I never figured out how to, (laughs) to work through that, I don't think. So kudos to you for, for figuring out that that one day, um, you know, if you weren't married, that would be a, a difficult thing because as a single parent, that could be a challenge. But there's always a way, right? There's um some woman, I, I wish I could remember who it was. I, I was listening to, I think it was Pat Flynn's podcast. Um, and he was interviewing one of his students who had his a podcast that's blown up and and gone really well. She records in her car. That's hmm. where she records her podcast. So that she got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do and and no matter what it's it's that whole thing of well we are we're all going to have stumbling blocks and things in our way and
0: we just have to figure out how to get around them, I guess. Yep, we all have to make the adjustments and the pivots and that is one of the blessings for me as a solopreneur, it's also one of the challenges, um, but it, it is, I enjoy the freedom and flexibility that this sphere of the, this phase of life has given me. And what I've learned from watching those of you who ha- are, are years ahead of me is that there's more on the other side of it too, right? There's more mm-hmm. to come in the freedom
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We have, I mean, you know, it, it's not our parents' world or our grandparents' world, right?
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: This is a whole new frontier in, and I think what it means to age, like here we are, you know, you and I are 10 years apart, more than 10 years apart, but if I stay healthy, I've got I could have 30 years ahead of me that are productive mm-hmm. years, you know, 30 yep. years. And if I look back at what I did between the, you know, by the time I was 30 and just in the 10 years, you know, my, just in my twenties, if I look at what I was able to do in that time, it's like, wow, I'm, we're not done like let's think long-term like what what do you want for your life from from now going forward you know amazing amazing well what are you excited about coming up amy what what's uh what's exciting for you right
0: now i'm really excited for my kids to go back to school full time (laughs) um i'm I'm excited for that because it's been a really long time I mean, they were in full time at the end of the year, but that was like a blip before school was over. Right. I'm looking forward to getting back into a routine. And I think that one of the things that I've realized going through 2020 and the first half of 2021 is I really do well when I have a consistent routine, when I know what comes on different days. Yes. Things come up and things happen and sick kids and doctor's appointments and all of that. But if I can have a routine, I am more productive in my business and I can move forward. So having a routine that's like having a system it's a habit in your business it makes my life easier and i'm looking forward to
1: that so much.
0: Oh, i'm i'm wishing it for
1: you. Oh my goodness. And where can people find you, Amy? If you head over to amyfearman.com. And that's
0: Amy is me.
1: That's uh, Amy is regular spelling and then it's f like frank e i e r m a n.com and uh I will make sure, of course, to put all that in the show notes. And we talked about a bunch of other things um, that are going to end up in the show notes for this episode as well. So uh, I'm excited about that. Um, Amy, thank you so much for this conversation. It was tremendous.
0: Thank you so much for the opportunity to share my story. I appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Well, there you have it. Whew! Embracing the unknown. Getting out of your comfort zone. <laughs> it's a lot, isn't it? Oh my goodness. You, you know, was some I was listening to something the other day, and somebody was talking about actually how, how necessary our comfort zone is, or, or being in your comfort zone actually is. So as we leave, I just want to mention or say that don't beat yourself up if you're living in your comfort zone right now, because we need that. You need time to recuperate, to think. Um, But if you feel yourself, let's say on the precipice, if you feel discomfort, then maybe that's information that you could look at that says, hey, maybe it's time to get out of this comfort zone. I guess I guess what it is is like, there's a certain level of discomfort where you get so uncomfortable that you have to make the change that, It costs you more and it's more painful to stay in that comfort zone than it is to step into that unknown. Like if you're standing on the edge of a cliff, let's say, but you know, it's a drop off and there's a little, there's a pool of water down there and you could jump and you could probably be safe and there's a bear coming up behind you and it's either eat be eaten by the bear or jump into the water where you're probably going to be okay but you're not quite sure i think i'm probably going to choose to jump in the water rather than face the bear i don't know these are my thoughts um thank you for bearing with me on that little thought bubble and uh thank you for listening to the end thank you for being here I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if you did, please share it with somebody you think might benefit from it. And hey, if you would like to get more information about Amy or learn more about the work that she does in helping small business owners set up their systems, uh, you will be able to find her or links to her in the show notes. You can just go to Late Bloomer Living forward slash podcast episode 67, and uh, you'll find all the information you need there. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.